A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists. The Marvel Universe podcast presents Taking a Shot, a Hawkeye podcast. I'm Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson is still in Latveria and we'll give you an update on that momentarily. But before we do, how can people get a hold of us on them and our social medias? Well, go on Twitter and Instagram at The Marvelists. We have a Facebook page, I assure you. But it got unpublished because Facebook are a bunch of jackasses. And that will be a story for another day. You can find us individually on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. You can also find Eddie on social media on Instagram at Eddie9193. Also on Facebook, look for the Eddie Wilson with the sunglasses in the photo. You'll know which one we're talking about. And that really is the case. You can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, among many, many others. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, five-star if you're ever so inclined, and just give us a five-star, please, for the love of God, give us a five-star. Why? I don't know. I'm just begging. It's the holiday season. You know, why not? Anyway, you can also support the show at belowthecollar.com slash themarvelists and get the Dad Joke Immune t-shirt. Because God willing, if you've made it this far, you are in fact dad joke immune. So now Eddie is still in Latveria, and apparently he ended up presenting that uh, package. And he, we actually got a letter sent in regards to this. Dear Peter, as I write this, I am very sad. The presentation for Doom was not that good. Why would you put down on there that he was a big duty head? Didn't you realize that... He is just a terrible, just kidding, he is a wonderful person, and he is a benevolent leader in the land of Latveria. All hail Doom and his glorious regime. Sincerely, little girl. Well, glad to know Eddie's doing okay. So, Eddie is over wherever he is in Latveria, so hopefully he has survived whatever things are happening to him there. Dr. Doom can be, I guess, kind of a stickler if you will, but what are you going to do? Anyway, wait a minute. I think, wait a minute. I think the tone of that letter, I think somebody actually took over for Eddie on that letter. So that second half of the letter isn't even Eddie. Wait a minute. I forgot to take my vitamins today. Damn. Anyway, first off, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking today about Hawkeye episode number three. This episode released on Wednesday on Disney Plus, and the episode is titled Echoes. And as you can tell, this is talking about Echo, the new character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Maya, who is a deaf vigilante. And we got to talk about the elephant in the room with this episode, the big, big deal, no pun intended. But we've been seeing leaked images online about this character, and we've been seeing just all sorts of little things. We're pretty much confirmed. A lot of the internet detectives out there have watched the scene over and over, but Maya's uncle 
is 110% going to be Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin. And I've seen images of a leaked uh, concept art of what he might look like because since this show, that moment in time is taking place in 2007, 2008, the time, you know, the time jump of about like 15 years, give or take, that's quite a big jump. You end up seeing now he's older and that the concept art that we see, he's older and much, much heftier. So we got him back in the MCU. And it's one of those things where I've seen this discussed over and over and over. A lot of discourse on the internet about this. And some people out there are like, well, this could be like a WandaVision thing where we have the other Hawk or the other Quicksilver, the MCU one, Evan Peters. And then it turns out just to be a big, stupid joke. I don't think that's going to be the case with this. And in regards to just the overall appearance of the character, oh boy, it's, it's going to be big pun intended. Uh, I'm really excited to see this. I've, I've been a big fan of D'Onofrio's portrayal of the Kingpin, although we're not going to get the Kingpin that we know him through the Netflix Daredevil series. And I'm fine with that for the most part. He is a very vicious and violent character in that version, in that interpretation. So to be able to disney it, I don't think it's doable. I do not think that we will be getting him to that intense level. But good writing begets good actions of a character in terms of how the story will be told. And I do think we're going to be getting a great portrayal of him regardless of the rating, you know? So, so you know, the internet detectives out there have been watching the clip over and over and over. And it gets me laughing because you hear his little chuckle and there have been people going, let me play it back. Oh, crap, that is him. They can tell just based on like a little <laughs> that it's Vincent D'Onofrio. And a lot of people have been questioning even D'Onofrio himself. Like he posted a poem, you know, he's one of those people he he was inspired by passing by conversation and he made a poem and people immediately questioned him for, oh, it's clearly you're coming back to the MCU. And, you know, obviously that person is joking with him. People can't read sarcasm on the Internet. And, you know, D'Onofrio responded with, well, I was actually listening to some people walking by as I was in the park, walking in the park one day in the very, very month of May. But you hear that. You hear him going on about that. And it's kind of funny that it is a very big possibility we've got Wilson Fisk in the MCU now. And I like to equate the Netflix series in a lot of ways to a farm territory, a farm uh, team, like, you know, a triple A baseball team getting ready to go over to the big leagues eventually. That's what this is. And not everyone from the MCU will be coming from the Netflix series. We're probably going to have a recasting of a number of characters, much to the chagrin of a lot of us out there. I personally do not see Mike Coulter or blonde Game of Thrones actor reprising his role of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. So that's it's a shame, but there might be truth to the rumor and innuendo pertaining to Kevin Feige being a big fan of the portrayals of Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones, Charlie Cox as Daredevil, and now Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. And 
again, I love all of these portrayals, and I'm hoping, without a shadow of a doubt, that we do not get a Daredevil movie. As much as I would love to see a Daredevil movie, again, we do need another Daredevil TV show because you tell the story of the character in such a long-standing amount of time and just give us that relationship that we had prior with this character. It can be a soft reboot. I don't care. Maybe, you know, find a way to incorporate the uh, Netflix series. Maybe, like, very subtly that it's that version, you know? And, yeah, I... uh, I was really surprised and I'm the idiot who went to Twitter that morning before watching the episode. This is, as of this recording, it is December 3rd, Friday. I have not watched this episode until maybe two hours ago, but I knew everything that had happened. And, you know, the biggest thing being the reveal of, you know, the potential reveal of Wilson Fisk. Like I said, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, I want to say I go on Twitter because I had the day off and I, I slept in. It was really nice. But I, you know, go on Twitter and I see one of the trending words and trending topics is Fisk. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to get what they're talking about. Because that is 110% Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime in Daredevil. Although I do find it funny. Kingpin started initially as an amazing Spider-Man villain during the John Romita Sr. and Stan Lee run. That is a character of that era, but because of the iconic and legendary run of Frank Miller, and by the way, if you're interested, um, I'll tell you in a moment, but he originated, you know, he not originated, but he became more of a Daredevil villain through the Frank Miller run. By the way, again, if you go on Comixology this week, uh, the three-volume series, as well as Born Again, are all on sale. I don't know why there's a Daredevil sale, but I'm guessing it has to do with this. So, who knows? But I think, overall, they Marvel knows what's up. And obviously, I, the sale has to do with the upcoming Devil's Reign storyline, which, personal boycott, I will not be partaking in. So, <laughs> that's what you guys get for shelving Hoche Anderson's uh, miniseries. But I digress. Anyway, the Daredevil stuff going on right now, a lot of rumor and innuendo, is the character going to show up in the series soon? He might. You never know. He might show up in this. The big thing is he's supposedly going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll see. I was able to procure my ticket, so regardless, I'm good. I'm good to go. Um and as a matter of fact, it was funny, uh, since this episode is, has taken place now after the whole ticket debacle, yeah, they should have planned this a lot better. AMC should have done a much better job. And don't get me wrong, it is a first world problem complaining about something like this. It's literally just buying movie tickets. Who gives a shit? But yeah, they they should have handled this a lot better. They should have they should have realized the hype. And going veering off topic from uh Hawkeye. But the demand for this movie and the expectation, there's going to be a lot of disappointed Spider-Man Marvel MCU fans leaving the theaters when this movie comes out because they've already made the movie in their head. And if it doesn't feature every single thing that they want, 
and you know like featuring a resurrection of Stan Lee as like the cherry on top there's no way it's going to live up to their you know the movie that is playing in their head and it's very it's a very uh, I wouldn't say dangerous but a very tricky thing right now for them because like they also they've announced by the way they're going to be doing three more Spider-Man movies so four, five, and six yeah I don't know but it was a, you know it was quite a process to get my ticket for the uh, December 16th showing because you know Thursday preview showing and they actually had to add a lot more showings that day for my local theater so who knows but I'm excited I'm definitely excited to see what's going to happen with this and I believe this series Hawkeye ends the week after this uh, this uh, movie comes out. So Hawkeye ends literally the week after, and it's good eating right now for MCU fans. We're getting a lot of stellar content, and, you know, after the little break right now, but I'm digging it. I'm really thinking, you know, this might be making up for uh, for myself at least, the long period of so-so content. And again, it's con- controversial. It's a hot take to say this, but Falcon and Winter Soldier was okay. Loki was okay. What if was, what if it was good? Uh, Black Widow, which was okay. Eternals, which sucked. <laughs> and there's just a lot of content coming. Shang-Chi, again, still, that's now on Disney+. Plus. If you have not had the ability to watch it, please do so. That movie slaps. I cannot get enough of that movie. Uh, and in regards to just the content coming out in the next year, who knows? We're going to be... The one that I'm most excited for is going to be Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness with Wanda and... It'll, it'll be Neato Torpedo. So. Anyway. Let's get back to talking about good old Hawkeye. And, you know, going back over to the Wilson Fisk topic. I'm going through right now an article on ScreenRant.com. And one of the things was where they're kind of, like, pulling at things. For example, one of the ones was... Does Echo's owl toy tease a Marvel comic book villain? And there is an owl in the background. I'll be honest, that is a bit of a stretch. And I don't think that is the case. Although, Owl would make a really good villain for a Netflix-style Disney... Or a Disney Plus show of Daredevil or Echo. I think Echo, if you have a villain like Owl... What are owls known for? All the stuff with hearing and all that stuff versus a uh, vigilante who is deaf and does this. It's it's tailor-made. So go for it. Why not? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm booking it on the fly right now. Echo versus owl. Why not? A lot of stupid eyebrows from the one character. Who, who could be, no pun intended, who could be a great villain with eyebrows? I don't know. But... 
We're also, you know, this episode, they tease Echo's comic book powers, according to the article. During Echo's flashback karate class, Hawkeye shows her carefully watching an obnoxious kid's takedown before perfectly countering the technique minutes later. Though Hawkeye understands her ability, Echo in the Marvel comic books is able to copy, copy movements precisely after only a single glimpse. Cool. I, I think this is going to make up for the not so good execution of taskmaster in the uh black widow when you have a character like taskmaster and the character is relegated to a big reveal of we swap the gender okay cool that's fine there's nothing about the character that can be like well it was such an important part that this character have a penis they have to have a dick no that doesn't matter but when you just eliminate the character right then and there after this whole big schmoz, it continues the Marvel trend of let's get rid of these characters that we could use in a future movie or a future Netflix style, or I keep saying Netflix, a future Disney Plus series. Nah, we don't need them. We don't need them. Why would you need them, little fellas? Why would you need them? And another topic in regards to speculation from Marvel fans on the uh, the post. And I did think about this like afterwards, after the big reveal of, you know, potentially showing the uncle being Kingpin, we end up seeing an establishing shot of a auto repair shop called Fat Man. And it made me laugh because I'm like, well, that's really on the nose. Not very subtle, ladies and gentlemen. And the comment in here is, if the MCU's Wilson Fisk truly does command the tracksuit mafia, it makes sense that he'd call one of his legitimate fronts Fat Man. And that does make perfect sense, because what you're doing is you're building upon your reputation of this and this. I wonder, a lot of people have speculated, could the Avengers Tower have been sold to Wilson Fisk? That is a big possibility. Because everyone is expecting, oh, it's going to go to uh, the Fantastic Four. It's going to be Reed Richards' new Baxter building. No, I don't see that being the case. I actually see the Baxter building being a pre-existing building in the MCU called the Baxter building. But with this, it would make sense for Fisk to do dealings with Tony Stark. So he ended up buying from him the building. And Wilson Fisk is an entrepreneur. He does all sorts of things with money. He also kills a lot of things for money. And that is, in fact, the case. I think what we are going to be getting is that kind of thing. It's going to be the Avengers Tower is Fisk's headquarters. So who knows? I don't. Do you? Do you? And then we also have another one, and I just love the subtle Easter eggs throughout this. Echo's bloody handprint echoes the Marvel comics because of her look in the series with the white mark on her face. You have the hand leaving a uh, crimson print upon her cheek, and what do we have in the character? That look to her, which is kind of cool. But we also have overall connections into the main Marvel Cinematic Universe, where the father alludes towards Shang-Chi 
and the line is, you know, Echo asking if dragons are real and the the father says back, dragons live in a different world. Well, if you've seen Shang-Chi, spoilers, dragons live in their own world. They actually really do, and it's a different dimension or whatever, all that happy stuff. It acknowledges this is what they've dealt with. And I always go on about the Guardians of the Galaxy being the big, like, you have these characters that coexist with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You have these down-to-earth, realistic kind of characters. And when the Netflix things were supposedly canon, I would always say, characters like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Kingpin, and the Punisher all coexist in the same world as a Rocket Raccoon and Groot. It will never not be one of the weirdest things to me. And at this point now, the... Shang-Chi side of things with the dragons with the weird little butt creatures all of those things they coexist with the Avengers like a Hawkeye again who is more down to earth than any of the other characters you got it with the young Avengers that we're going to be seeing as time progresses they coexist all in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe and I like that I think that overall decision to get these characters linked in in this way, in an unbelievable way in many ways, is cool. And it's very, very much a world-building technique that I enjoy. Now, in regards to other stuff that had happened in this episode, a few weeks back during Disney's Disney Plus Day, they showed footage of the series, like a quick little clip of the car chase scene with the arrows and all that good stuff. And... All these weeks later, seeing it again, yes, that scene is spectacular. And it it completely encompasses the chaos and madness that is Hawkeye's life and how much of a screw-up he can really be. And I love that. I love the idea that we're getting these kind of big action scenes with not a lot happening yet. You know, you have the... Uh, gigantic arrow, you know, as a result of the Pym Particle Arrow, which I love seeing. I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing these subtle nods to things that, you know, a casual Marvel fan will be like, oh my God, you guys, look, the arrow they have, and it's got the Pym Particle. Fantastic. I love that. I love seeing these overall connections to a larger world and it's very much everyone's represented whether you realize it or not that's why i want to eventually see like stuff like ronan the accuser find a way to reference ronan the accuser in a future episode of hawkeye i don't know how but give it a shot i think it'd be kind of interesting to see how you could do that it's a challenge for the writers because again it's this big encompassing universe and they one way or another are all connected ronan the accuser can technically be connected to Hawkeye. Ronan the Accuser can be connected to Wilson Fisk. And it's so cool to think about that. The whole degrees of separation in the Marvel Universe. And one of the other things in this episode, we're seeing a lot of nods to the source material of this, being the David Aha, Matt Fraction run, including the 1970s Red Dodd Charger, which is in one of the issues. And... Even the car chase itself is a nod to a car chase scene in the Hawkeye series. 
So if you've read, you know, the first volume, I believe it's, um, I'm going to look on my iPad right now because I have the whole series downloaded on here. But the title, My Life as a Weapon, that's in there. Basically, note for note is a accurate re- recreation of that scene. And again, I love seeing that. And they they also mention a lot of things that are nods to the source material, such as Kate Bishop's cutoff swearing, because it's something that even in the comics, I believe she does, but it's a, also a nod to the cutoff swearing in the MCU in general, such as, you know, Peter Parker going, or Peter Parker's Aunt May going, what the f- or Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury, mother f- all sorts of just connections for what we have. I, I don't know. I love also seeing an acknowledgement of something, and it's during the scene with Hawkeye talking with Hawkeye, uh-huh, but they're talking to each other, and Kate presents to Hawkeye the idea of a costume and it shows the ludicrousness of what these costumes are and I've gone on over and over ad nauseum about this but because again this might be somebody's first time listening but you know when you go back to the Suicide Squad movie from 2016 and you see Harley Quinn in the Harlequin outfit it doesn't translate very well and the idea of seeing Hawkeye with that purple costume, with the weird helmet, with the H on his forehead, it doesn't translate all that well to me. It's very weird. It's very corny, to be completely honest. But then again, you do a good enough job with the costume, the the costuming team, you can pull it off. You can 100% make it work. As a matter of fact, you know, when the Wolverine movie had come out, the Wolverine the sequel to Wolverine Origins and the precursor to Logan, there's a deleted scene where he's opening up a suitcase and inside is the Wolverine suit, the uh, yellow and black, and it's this hardened costume. It's like a shell helmet thing, but it works. It's something that I wish we had gotten to see on the big screen, but this is the uh, Goyer bullshit era of people don't want to see that. That's so corny and stupid. And maybe I've been disillusioned by it. I don't know. But some of these costumes, they can translate over. And it also depends on the portrayal that is going for it. Loki would never work in the costume that you see plentiful in the Jack Kirby Stan Lee run of the 1960s. But then you do a variant, have it be this, you know, older man in that kind of costume. Yeah, now it makes sense. I could see a character of that age, of that personality, of that demeanor, wearing a costume like that. Can't see a younger guy running around with that because it would look funny. It would look really like the the homeboys doing cosplay and bad cosplay at that. But I don't know. I'm just not a fan of seeing some costumes, but the execution could work. Like I said, Margot Robbie would not work in the classic Harlequin, Harley Quinn outfit. But, flip side, she works in her own invention of the costume. Then you also have the Hawkeye costume. You might be able to pull it off with the helmet if you find the right kind of helmet for him. But these are the movies, and you're selling these stars. So you want to not really obscure what the person looks like. Then again... 
you have a character like Deadpool, played by Ryan Reynolds, who is wearing a mask the entire time. But you're selling Ryan Reynolds, who's known for his personality, known for his acting ability, quick wit, quick charisma, quick charisma all that stuff. That's how you can have it work for the person. Now, again, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, he's more known for his smoldering good looks and his icy demeanor in the character. When you cover all of that up, it's already like, eh. That's why I'm seeing a lot of the previews for the upcoming Moon Knight series. And when I see these previews, it's a lot of Oscar Isaac unmasked. He's not wearing the Moon Knight hood. He's not wearing any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, he's in other personalities. He's doing the Jake Lockie. He's doing the Mark Spector and all of the other portrayals of Moon Knight. So I see where they're going with that. I'm a little iffy on it, to be quite honest. But when we get the big reveal of him being the Fist of Khonshu, wearing the all-white, wearing the hood, it'll work then. But with this, the idea of seeing Hawkeye in that costume, I feel like we've already gotten him in the David Aha run in that style. That's the new Hawkeye. That's how he's going to look in future, you know, films. And if I'm being honest for him, I bet Jeremy Renner loves the David Aha run because it's like when he goes to this, all he has to do is just sit in the makeup chair. He doesn't have to worry about costuming. He doesn't have to worry about anything. It's just literally a t-shirt and jeans or a jacket on top of that. A jacket is the most that he'll have to deal with. So it's kind of cool for him that that's not a lot to deal with. Whereas you look at a Robert Downey Jr. where he had to go into the makeup chair, but also doing costuming, running around with all the plastic, all of the uh, the black suits with the balls on it, all those little things. That's what he has to deal with or had to deal with with his portrayal of Iron Man. Now, other things in regards to this episode that we have, and that is... One of the poses at the end of the episode was Hawkeye hitting his famous pose as he's falling and pulling back the arrow. I love seeing that. I love seeing the action. And the action in this episode was choreographed spectacularly. And I would say when it comes to the overall vibe of this show, no matter what we've gotten no matter how small the things are happening on screen, they have big ramifications. And again, I said in a previous episode, I am waiting for the big reveal of seeing what happens to Grills. <laughs> because he is most likely going to bite it, and it's going to be really, really sad. But what's not going to be sad is, I know what's going to happen next week with the opening of the episode. And what's going to be happening is, as you saw at the end, Kate Bishop's mother's boyfriend, who in the comics goes on to be Swordsman, he has the sword up to Hawkeye's face and he's going to kill him. And they look at each other and you see a look on Swordsman's face. And it's a familiar sense of, wait a minute. If you've read the comics, you know Swordsman is the guy who taught Hawkeye everything he knows. So, what I think is going to be happening, we're going to have a little bit of a retcon in this. 
I have a feeling it's not going to be he trained him in the MCU, but rather they were good friends. They were partners. They did this. They did that. They had a falling out, disappeared. Goes from there. That's how they know each other, and that's what's going to end up being a connection for them. I don't think he's going to be the villain in this series. What we're going to have is the big misunderstanding involving Echo, and then the episode ends with even... I do, ah, There's a lot to really take in, because you also have to factor in one plot thread that we forgot all about, and that is Yelena from Black Widow, who wants to go after Hawkeye. So I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know... Actually, if this show is successful enough, or if Lord Feige is doing it right, this is going to be a show that gets a second season. Because there's it's such a low-cost show for them. Because it's not a lot of heavy CGI characters. It's not a lot of that. It's just action. Just punching and kicking and throwing bows and arrows. And the occasional explosion. That's about it. This is going to be how they kick off their street vigilante section of the MCU. And I'm 100% down for that. So I don't know. Will we be seeing, you know, maybe even a second season of Hawkeye? I'm predicting this as early as the third episode. Yeah, I think we are going to be getting one because people are going to want to see more of Kate Bishop. And personally, I'm loving Kate. I think Kate is one of the best additions to the MCU Again, the people who wrote this show get the character from the David Aha run, Matt Fraction, and just her overall interpretation from the Young Avengers. Kind of bratty, kind of just, you know, obnoxious, just, does you know, doesn't take shit, but also she's young and inexperienced. She's, you know, she knows that, but she's also willing to learn. And that's what I like about this character. And that's what I hope we'll see in future episodes. But for now, I think that's going to put a bow on this episode. We will be doing some other upcoming episodes in the very near future. We got some stuff coming along. We got some stuff sitting, waiting for all of you. It's marinating at the moment. But we got some episodes coming up with Perception Studios, the people who are involved with Hawkeye and a bunch of other Marvel Studios productions. We got an episode with the band Gwar. Yes, the band Gwar did that a couple months ago, and that's going to be coming out really soon. Let's see what else we got. Uh, we have an interview with Yuri Lowenthal, the voice of Spider-Man from the PS4, PS upcoming PS5 sequel. So, yeah. Stay tuned, True Believers. We got we got some good stuff coming, actually. As, as a matter of fact, on the upcoming uh, Monday or Tuesday, we got an episode coming up with one voice actor from a Marvel video game, a fairly recent Marvel video game, if you want a little bit of a hint. We also have a certain Marvel legend, not the toy, but the Marvel legend in regards to creating characters. He's going to be coming back. And yeah, hope you all have a wonderful day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And like I said, I'm going to wrap this up. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick, and he is always Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.